or thank you for joining us if it's your first time. This is the Mind Wealth Podcast, and my name is Chelsea. Get ready to sit back, relax, and unwind while we chat about all kinds of things. This week, we're going to be talking about something that we don't often talk about in society these days, and that's loss. The cycle of life is a natural one, and with all the glory that life is, comes loss. Though it is natural, it is difficult, and because we will be experiencing it within our lifetimes, let's talk about how to move through grief and deal with the stresses that these losses will bring us. There are two differentiating types of grief when it comes to losing someone. Acute grief, which lasts between 6 to 12 months, and persistent grief, which sticks with you for more than 12 months. Neither version of grief is easy to deal with, and there will be a lot of signs that you are currently experiencing it. Let's talk about what to look for, other than the obvious, that you've lost somebody. Grief can feel like trembling, nausea, dry mouth, trouble breathing, everything feeling heavy and weighed down, trouble eating or sleeping. Your muscles may feel weak. You may lack the energy or mental capacity to do much other than think about how emotionally drained you are. These are just a few of the symptoms or ways you might feel when you're grieving, but know that this list is not exclusive or exhausted. We all grieve in different ways, but the most important thing to notice is that if you're having trouble functioning in your normal day-to-day life. While you're in grief, you may find yourself getting upset or angry at situations that normally wouldn't faze you. You may cry at the drop of a hat. You may feel absent-minded or have trouble focusing on simple tasks. Your dreams may become vivid and strange, but eventually that will fade away, and it will happen slowly and gradually. You'll start to notice that certain things are easier to enjoy again, that you want to do tasks that you had been putting off, and eventually you find your way back to some kind of routine. Now, after the initial shock of the incident, most return to a somewhat normal life when you transition into this phase. It's called integrated grief. This is where your mind and body have found a way to function with the loss. You've been able to successfully deal with the emotional and physical pains of losing someone special to you and what it's brought. You've found a way to seek life beyond that pain. However, not all of us transition into this phase easily, and in some cases, we get stuck in a complicated grief cycle. This is where we have trouble being able to deal with the emotional damage of losing a person and what it's done to us. When our grief lasts longer than a year, and we struggle to figure out how to live again, you've hit the persistent grief state. You struggle and have difficulty trying to find your way back into the world, and anything that even reminds us of what happened can send us spiraling or taking steps backwards. This is okay. Complicated grief happens. It's our brain struggling to make sense of what to do when we have been so emotionally damaged, and how to recoup. What life will look like on the other side of this disaster. Some brains take more time to heal than others, and that's okay. If you find yourself in this state of being, however, it's a good time to seek professional help. They may have tips and tricks for you to get you moving back in the right direction, as well as help guide you through how to work through those emotions that have been so difficult to process up to this point. Now comes the hard part. I'm going to share a little bit about my experience with complicated grief. It started two weeks before my freshman year of college. It was not something I had expected or even considered to be a thing that would happen to me. As I'm generally a happy person. Sometimes life just kicks you. 
As I was packing my bags and getting ready to drive up to my dorm room and get situated for classes to begin, I got the news that my grandmother on my dad's side had passed. I had picked a college where I could spend more time with her and my dad's side of the family, who all live in that area, and she was gone before I had even moved in. From there, things sort of went downhill relatively quickly. My dad called to let me know that a girl I had played volleyball with had been killed by a drunk driver. She was a year older than me, and I couldn't believe it. We weren't the best of friends, but we were definitely friends. And, from the story, she was trying to do the right thing. How could she lose her life like that? After that, the losses just kept rolling. My and my brother's middle school best friend's dad passed away. He'd been sick and struggling for a long time, but it just didn't seem fair. As my freshman and sophomore years progressed, the numbers just kept adding up. More and more people were leaving my life. And I realized I needed to find my space in this new version of the world, where you don't get to keep everybody. By the time I made it to the junior year of college, my world really fell to pieces. A month before my 21st birthday, my mom called to tell me the worst news I've ever gotten in my life. I know she didn't want to tell me on the phone, but I knew the moment she said hello something was exceptionally wrong, and I knew it was my dad. There are some core memories that you will have forever, and hopefully most of them are good. This is one of those for me. I can still feel it to this day. I replay it over in my head occasionally when something reminds me of that time. I can remember where I was, and it hurt like it was yesterday. I know it was raining. By the time the dust settled on having so many people in and out of our house and in and out of our lives trying to get things in order, it was hard to know what we should do next. I tried to go back to school and finish my degree, but I ended up withdrawing and coming home. My mom was worried about me, so she asked to send me to a grief counselor. For those of you who haven't done grief counseling, they basically walk you through your emotions and guide you back to living your life. And it helped me. But if you're not ready to try something like that, or you cannot afford to seek out a professional, here are some other options to get you moving down the right path again. There are a lot of free online courses or classes in the art of yoga, tai chi, or qigong. Regularly practice, these mind and physical activities can help you on a molecular level. These practices are based on stress reduction and can help you reduce inflammatory genes in your body, which is something that increases with the abundance of stress in your life. Sleep hygiene is so important. Finding and continuing a routine of healthy sleep patterns will aid in your ability to repair and restore your body in a time of high emotional stresses. Maintaining a healthy diet through times like these will also help. Highly processed foods or foods high in sugar already disrupt our body's natural ability to repair itself. And even though these are things that we want to reach for in times like these, in this weakened state, adding onto the pile is the opposite of a good choice. Being thoughtful about what you reach for is important in times like these. But also, be sure that you are reaching for food, as again, the emotional output takes a lot of energy, and food is fuel. Take on new responsibilities. While losing someone in your life may make you feel like you're taking on an extra burden by doing their share of the work, try and think of it as a learning experience, that you're now gaining knowledge and honoring what came before. Reaching out to your support system. It may feel painful to see people, but it's also so important. Not only does it give you a chance to socially connect, 
It reminds you to take care of your basic needs before spending time with another person. Things like basic hygiene can go by the wayside if you're not being mindful. I would suggest starting with people you trust the most in one-on-one gatherings or small groups if one-on-one is too personal for you right now. Make the meeting short, like coffee or brunch, in a not-too-crowded location. Or invite them over to your home if you're not ready to leave yet. Lastly, don't ignore your health while you're grieving. Your body is still talking to you, and you might not be wanting to listen right now, but grief can exacerbate underlying health issues. So keep your mind open to listening to the message that your body is sending. Finally, I would like to leave you with a few more positive thoughts. You can learn to live with your grief. You can continue to have a full life and still honor the lives of those who are no longer here. They would want you to live a happy and full life, so get out there and live it. On exceptionally hard days, take the time that you need. Crying is okay. And sometimes things are just going to sneak up on you. And that's okay too. You are a capable person who deserves to continue on. So keep on moving. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I know this was kind of a tough episode. I want to dedicate it to my dad, as he's the one who inspires me to do a lot of the things that I do, even though he's no longer with us. I've enjoyed our time together. If you'd like to join me again for another chat, you can keep your eyes peeled every Wednesday for a new episode. Feel free to follow me at MindWealth on Instagram if you want to get to know me a little bit in the meantime. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.